0: You know, I want to be recognized for what I bring to our industry, what I bring to our company, not because I'm a woman, but I also realize I have a responsibility to um, represent for other women that it's possible.
1: Welcome back to Women at Work, a podcast featuring influential women in the residential construction industry brought to you by Pro Remodeler and Pro Builder Magazines. I'm Lane Deakins, your co-host and the Associate Editor of ProBuilder, and today I'm joined by Nancy Keenan, President and CEO of Dolan Architecture Planning Interiors. Nancy steers the growth strategy, including design adaptation and innovation, technology and sustainability of the 150 plus professional global architecture and planning firm. She also oversees operations, finance, production, marketing and business development. On June 21st, Nancy was inducted into the California Home Building Foundation Hall of Fame for exemplifying leadership, innovation, and philanthropy in the home building industry throughout her career.
0: I actually went to Arizona State University in their architecture program in the early 80s, graduated, and immediately moved to the San Diego area. Um, in San Diego, I began working for firms who did housing for home builders started working with Dahlen Group around 1991 or so as a consultant and then became an employee about 10 years later, working with Dahlen Group downtown San Diego and then moving to North County. I eventually ran the San Diego office, then the Irvine office, and worked with builders and others in the housing community in Southern California over many years. In 2014, I became the president of Dahlin Group and moved up to the Bay Area at that time. And I've been the president of the company where we've been diversifying beyond just home building into other sectors, other regions um, since.
1: And tell me about this push for employee ownership at Dahlin that you've really spearheaded throughout your career. I know that's something that's very important to you.
0: Yes. As soon as we, um, once I came up to the Bay Area and was, started talking to the folks about their future plans for the company. We made a decision at that time, the uh, principals and owners of the firm, that Donald would become a legacy firm, that it would continue on into the future. And as we thought about how the, the owners of the company may be retiring over the next several years, one of the best ways to do that is to transition at least a portion of the company to our employee owners into an ESOP. So in 2015, we sold 31% of the shares of the company into the ESOP, and we've been contributing to it since. So we use and we talk about the ESOP as um, as employee owners that everybody has a stake in the value of this company. And we have an annual ESOP meeting in July of every year. We are very we've become very transparent about how the business is run. Um, about everybody becoming a savvy business owner and what they can do themselves to impact the value. And we've seen the value go up every year since 2015.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I'm also curious about your partnership with the America at Home Study. Can you tell me how that got started and what you ultimately took away from it?
0: Sure. Sure. So in 2014, obviously, we're all sitting at home from the pandemic, working at home, thinking we were just going to be there for a few weeks. And we're reading a lot of news about how what's happening in restaurants and airports and, you know, shopping centers and how everybody's business is being impacted by the fact that we've been quarantined at home. And Terry Slavikshiki is a good friend of mine, and she and I were talking about, well, gosh, what's happening for everybody at home, how do they feel about their houses? Yeah. What, what does it mean to them? They now have a place that they've spent part of their lives. They're spending all of their lives in it. Is that impacting the way they think about home or the way they want their home designed? So Terry um, actually uh, had our contact with Belinda Sward, and they, the three of us decided to launch a survey. And it was I learned a lot about surveys during that that piece of time during that time because it was a very well conducted broad survey nationwide that with a group a cross section of people that really gives you great data. And the data we got yeah. out of that period of time was it was singular. There was no other time frame where you were going to really get raw data about how people felt about their home, what what it meant to them, what were the most important factors. And then we followed up with a second survey maybe six months later, that reinforced some of the very things we'd heard in the first survey. So that's how the survey began for the American Home Study. And then that obviously blossomed into designing a concept home based on, and Garmin Homes jumped in at that point, and we designed a concept home based on many of the things people said they wanted in their home, and we were able to actually do a test case of it. Here's a you know, here we, we always talk in Architects, Architects about doing R&D, but usually it's just art. <laughs> it's a lot of research for us. Mm-hmm. This was an opportunity with building the concept home to actually do some D, do some development, really test out what this yeah. means. The home was designed in the summer of 2020 and then opened up last year, 2021, and out of that home being built, we were able to, I mean, that became less of a formal survey, more anecdotal, where we talked a lot about the features and how they were working for people and how they worked for a broad spectrum of families and, and that sort of thing. And what's interesting is when we, you know, there was, there was a fair amount of um, feedback about a survey during that time saying, hey, this is just a snapshot. This isn't really what mm-hmm. people may feel two years later. Well, here we are two years later,
1: and mm-hmm. what we right. really
0: found is that there were a lot of trends starting to happen and the pandemic, just like with many other things, um, what it did with home design is it just entrenched a couple of those trends and made us really clear that we want indoor outdoor living, that we want a home that makes us feel safe, yeah. is easy to use, that that, you know, there was a number of pieces that came things, design features that came out of that that are proving to be tried and true, and and what and what's also interesting is when we did this, we also did some research into past pandemics and global events and how they may have affected the. Oh wow! The okay. So, yeah, and we found out that, for instance, the 1920s flu pandemic is when the powder room was invented because people wanted to come oh, into the. Oh, Yeah, isn't that great? Or or before that time, um, before germs were discovered, um, they used to bathrooms used to have were carpeted. And so they realized, wow, this is just harboring germs in a bathroom. We really need to start tiling. Yeah. That. So that's how tiled bathrooms came about. So so you le- we learned wow. that things like dramatic events like pandemics can actually change design, that pe- things that we take for granted today may have started happening during a, a snapshot in time like that where it just entrenched that design idea. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was a very interesting thing for us to, to learn
1: about. And you also work in tandem with Homemade. Can you talk about the projects you've had a hand in with that partnership as well?
0: Yes. So, um, one of the things that happened when I. So, we'd been working with Homemade across the state of California for many years. And I'd worked with Homemade San Diego. We'd done a couple of projects with them. A couple of my partners in Northern California California had been working with Homemade Northern California. One of them retired, and I took his spot on the board of Homemade California at that time. And Homemade California. Is Northern California is one of the strongest Home Aid chapters in the nation. Cheryl O'Connor was the executive director at that time. She has a board that's really strong. Division presidents across the home building industry in Northern California, and they are very committed to what Home Aid does in providing um, housing for the homeless, transitional housing, being what's called builder captains, and contributing to building these 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 communities for folks. Um, I got involved with the Bay Area Rescue Mission out of Richmond, and they- per- they wanted to build a new shelter for homeless women and children and that includes not only beds for them and places for them to stay, but a lot of transitional training about how to get off the street, job training, how to get into a home of their own and um right. they had the land yeah, they had the land and the funding, and they teamed with homemade to do this and it's it just opened a few months ago it's a fabulous Facility and it's it, and especially in the heart of Richmond, it's very much needed there. It's you know one of the things that we, when people talk about the homeless issue, they think of the very obvious um, men that are on the street and may have addiction or mental health issues. When in fact, and I might not have this number exactly right, when in fact, sixty to seventy percent of the homeless population are women and children who may be living out of their cars on a church park in a church parking lot or whatever, and and are more of a hidden homeless population that really needs assistance. And that also plays into what we do with a lot of the churches through homemade where we work with them to provide tiny homes. Um, several churches are doing this in their parking lots, where they're building a series of tiny homes that can provide housing for people who may be living in their car on their property.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Such a need for it. And moving into your induction, you know, what does it mean to you to be recognized and inducted into the California Home Building Foundation Hall of Fame after a long and successful career, specifically as a female in a leadership role in what has traditionally been a male-dominated industry? I'll be honest; it was a surprise
0: to me to be
1: inducted. I feel first I, you know, I said this, but I first paused
0: and said, "Wait, do they think I'm done? Because <laughs> there's, there's so many more to do." Um, but it's pretty incredible to think about the people who've been inducted before me and all that they've contributed to building. You know, everybody needs a home or should have a home, a place to live and all they've done to promote that over the many years in California. So I'm, I mean, I'm so deeply honored, frankly, and humbled. I mean, why would, why would it be like what, what one individual does? I think it's what we all do collectively But I'm, you know, very important to me that everybody who contributes to our company, to our industry, all have a hand in this. So I feel like I'm representing many of them. And maybe especially to your point about being a woman leader in this industry is unfortunately still somewhat unusual. And Mm -hmm. it's never been unusual to me. I've, you know, since I've I've been an architect for, you know, since the '80s, and obviously it was often the only woman on a job site or the only woman in a lot of meetings in my career. But so it's never been unusual to me. My whole career has been like that. So I, I like anything. I, you know, I want to be recognized for what I bring to our industry, what I bring to our company, not because I'm a woman, but I also realize right. I have a responsibility to um, represent. For other women that it's possible.
1: And not only were you individually recognized at the Hall of Fame Gala in June, but a number of Dahlin projects were also recognized as Gold Nugget Merit winners during that same week at the Pacific Coast Builders Conference. So all in all, it sounds like that week was a resounding success for Dahlin. What did that company-wide recognition mean to you, and how do you turn those accolades into action to build upon those achievements down the line?
0: It was a great week for us. We were super proud, having 16 merits and three gold nuggets is a is a big night for us. at gold nugget and yeah, and that, absolutely. And that's we, yeah, and and across for us, it's super exciting when we because we're now far more diverse than than single family home builders. So we won these awards across multiple of our sectors, which is really exciting. When we're in multifamily, mixed use, senior living, some of our transitional housing, it was. Um, commercial commercial work it was super exciting for us to be represented across the company and it was fun that week coming back and how many of our staff talked about how proud they are to work for us so they're very proud of of being part of a company that does this you know that is recognized for what we for what we do so we we like to celebrate one of our Values is to celebrate our successes, and so we do like to celebrate our successes in part because it both it both motivates our our employees our staff because that what they do is recognized and important, and we want them to know that We do this for our clients too because there can be you know there can be a fine line between saying you want to win awards in order we're not doing this just to be recognized and get accolades. We want to do this because we want to bring meaning and voice to some of the work that they do that our clients do and that they build. And is so important. I mean, that's the interesting of being architects, being builders. Our, We build things every day that will be standing for decades and decades. And over those decades will be used by literally thousands of people and will impact their lives if it's a home they live in or a place they visit or a community they go to. And so knowing that good design matters in that is important for everybody. And to be recognized for caring about some of these projects take years and years To get entitled and built. And so by the time it gets built, so many people have touched it and to know that they had it made a difference and that that what's going to stay in the ground for many years to come will impact the lives of of many people is is, that's really what we want to do. And we want to use, we want to use the motivation of winning awards to drive us to do better for, for our clients, for ourselves, for the people who will use these places.
1: And you've been a leader at Dolan in times of immense change through recessions, housing bubbles, periods of growth, and now a pandemic. What remains constant about the work that Dolan has done over that time? What's been key to your success?
0: So we just came out of a conversation about our core values and why they matter to us. And I think one of the, the really deep keys for our success is just being very thoughtful about um, what we don't ever want to do is have our design commoditized into something that just gets repeated with our thoughts and so we are very thoughtful about and we try to be very thoughtful about every project we do in a way that the that that answers what the client and the end user need from from us from our design we don't ever want this to be because we're you know, architects are trying to do something just to be iconic. That is never who we are. We really want to do something that creates a thoughtful place, and that's our that's our legacy. Is that you yeah. know, many years from now, people can look back and know mm-hmm. that we design communities, houses, buildings that um, stand the test of time. They are financially successful for our clients. They make the end user feel something about it that is um, important. And so that's the legacy. That's frankly my job. To teach to the next generation that that's why we're here, um, is, is to create a legacy way beyond the founders of this company, but that still carries those core values into the future for us, for our clients, for the end users.
1: Well, your Hall of Fame induction seals the deal that you've successfully made a difference both at Dahlin and in the industry at large. But as you mentioned, you're not done yet. So what's next for you? Where do you go from here in your individual career?
0: So we've got a, this is a cyclical industry too. We have, I was just reading all the articles this week about all the recessions over the last many decades and what they think might be coming up at us in the next few years. And so we've learned to be resilient through the cycles and we do it different ways, you know, and, and, you know, maybe a decade ago during the heavy recession, we did this by diversifying into China right now. We're looking at, diversifying in other ways heading into the future, and we've already started that. we started expanding regionally, so we've been out. We've had an office in Washington um, outside of California for almost 10 years now. We're expanding. We've expanded into Salt Lake City. We're just in the process of opening an office in Austin, Texas. We see probably a third of our work in the pipeline is coming out of Texas right now, and so it's pretty important that we take advantage of that diversity and coming out of the pan diversity of region, you know, of the ability to expand regionally and um, a diversity of, of project types that we do. So now beyond home building, we, and we obviously work in the multifamily sector with developers, affordable housing developers, and we've long time had a commercial team. We've expanded into interior design. We do some healthcare um, we do in our out of our San Diego office K through 12 schools. So we're diversifying our project and regional base so that we can weather recessions of the future. So that's what we see is creating a company that's very balanced in a number of different ways so that we can weather those recessions um, for, for decades to come.
1: Well, Nancy, thank you so much for taking the time and speaking with me. And again, congratulations on your induction.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much.